HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, we're celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys, it's Tuesday, March 12th, 2019. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host. Uh, we're here on a special show. There's a phenomenon sweeping Brooklyn, and it's a German pilsner from the Black Forest region called Rothaus Pills. And we got some great guests today. Before I introduce them, I just want to give my backstory is that out here at Roberta's Pizza in Brooklyn, where we record Heritage Radio Network shows, uh, the last few years, every time a brewer comes in or a real beer personality for our show, their choice has been Rothaus Pills when they're, uh, they're coming into Roberta's. And it was always amazing to me. So we're going to talk about that backstory we actually have. We'll go through the room and introduce. We have the, the guy who's behind importing it to the States and our good buddy Aaron Goldfarb, uh, who wrote a recent article about it for, for Punch Drinks. Let's go around the room. Everybody introduce themselves. I'm Joshua Van Horn from Gold Star Beer Counter. And Josh, what's interesting is that you it's taken off in your place, right? The Rothaus Pills. Yeah. You're like a craft beer temple, one of the best good beer seal bars. Yeah, it's been it's been really great. I mean, so we've had uh we've carried Rothaus since we pretty much opened our doors in twenty fifteen. And it's always had just a you know, we've had it on consistently, like a number of times a month, uh, since we opened and it's just I mean the response to it whenever we tap it has not changed since the moment we started so it's just been people finding out at the buy with the beer and i know people to love people it. love it i know we can geek out about it for hours but i want to i want to aaron uh just a little backstory uh aaron goldfarb you're a writer aren't you <laughs> i sure am you got any books out there oh i got a new book called hacking whiskey it is not about rothaus pills but uh you know you should buy it anyways so last time, we've had you on the show before, but this was a very interesting article. Tell us about how you wrote it, why you, what, what was behind this article about the cult of Rothaus Pills. Yeah, I mean, as someone who lives and drinks in, in Brooklyn, 
uh, Roadhouse Pills kind of just didn't exist, and then it was everywhere, and it's hard to even, for most of us, we were talking off air to remember a time it wasn't here, but that time was just five years ago. Um, and it kind of became a signifier of this is a good place, you know, whether you're at, you know, a top pizza place in Brooklyn, like Roberta's or Gristmill in my neighborhood, or a top beer bar like Gold Star Sput and Dival. Um, if it was on the menu, you went, okay, these guys know what they're, what they're talking about, which is, is kind of weird. And there's really no other, uh, European Pilsner where that, uh, uh, Works. That's great. And Kim? Hi. Sorry. Just drinking some Rothhouse. Uh, I'm from Briar Lane. Kim Mercado over here. And it's also, it's been a big thing for you guys yeah, too, Yeah, for right? sure. Um, we, the first time I had it, I remember um, a co- I opened up Torst in 2013. I remember one of my coworkers, Finelli, brought back a bottle and we showed Mike, the beer buyer, then Mike Amity, which was sure, a beer buyer know, for Torst. Yeah. Um, hi, Mike, if you're listening. <laughs> probably is um so he yeah so Fernelli brought the bottle and he tried it and he was just so shocked by it but we couldn't bring it in until tobias here brought it in that was awesome and then tour started carrying and pouring and that like the rothhouse was our number one chugger <laughs> when it would be a busy day <laughs> and then slowly you'd see it in different bars and more and more craft beer bars um throughout like 2014 15 so it's pretty great to see That's it great where it and is the now. guy behind it so tobias introduce yourself you're really the, the story is because of you so you're um, Tobias, what's your full name? And everything? Well, I'm Tobias Holler. Uh, I grew up in the Black Forest, and I met my wife, Ayana, who's also from the Black Forest, in Brooklyn. And so we grew up in neighboring villages, but um, we actually um, met only in Brooklyn. And so when we had this idea to open a restaurant that celebrates our home region, the Black Forest, we decided to call it Black Forest Brooklyn. We wrote a business plan, and... On page one of the business plan, it said that we will have Roadhouse. Um, we called Roadhouse at the time. This was years before we actually opened, and said, "Hey, we're gonna have. We have this idea. We want to bring Roadhouse in." And they said, "Ah, nah, that's too much red tape. We're not really interested in expanding to the United States." But thanks for your interest. So we said, "Okay." We opened the restaurant anyways, and um, in 2013, it got a lot of press in the region. So all the regional newspapers were very excited about the Black Forest being represented in New York City. And so um, Rothaus also got wind of this. And um, it was actually the funny thing, the, the, the kind of tipping point for them was actually a radio show, believe it or not, that um, where there was this radio guy who, who realized that we have a Black Forest restaurant in, in Brooklyn and we don't have Rothaus, which is kind of a laugh. So he started calling breweries in, um, in the Black Forest to say, hey, have you heard about Black Forest Brooklyn? They're, they're need, they need a Black Forest beer. And so all of them said, oh, yeah, well, we can't redo it. We can't redo it. And they called Roadhouse. And then Roadhouse, surprisingly, said, okay, all right, we, we hear you. We're, we're going we're gonna to make this work. And then you brought us a, a Roadhouse Pills on draft. I've only had it in bottles. I know uh, Browery Lane has it in bottle. Roberta's always has it in bottle. I mean, the bottle is really super iconic. And back home... This is what we would drink, bottles. Um, and it was, you know, Black Forest Brooklyn only ha- doesn't do bottles. We only have draft beer. So we brought in this draft beer, and we actually don't sell the bottles, which is um, I'm kind of upset about, but it just obviously doesn't make sense to have draft beer, roadhouse, and bottles at the same time. 
So I'm always happy to, to come to a place where there's bottles. That's great. Well, that's the, the big question is, why is this so popular? I mean, there's a lot of pills. There's a lot of German pills. You know, our, our friends, whether it's Beer Street or you know, Gold Star or, or Browery Lane, you guys have access to all the best craft beer in the world. Why is Rothaus Pills uh, so popular? I mean, it's good beer, but anyone, let's, let's get everybody's take on that. Aaron? Um, well, so I actually started uh, drinking today with a local Pilsner. And uh, the Rod House was better, indeed. Um, as Tobias explained to me, it's the only German Pilsner that comes here unfiltered and uh, shipped cold. So I think, unlike a lot of the other ones, we're drinking it very fresh. Um, a lot of European beer comes to us skunked and old, so I, I think that's an advantage. Um, I think the logo is, is key. It's a great-looking bottle. It's fun to Instagram, as I Instagrammed an hour ago, at Aaron Goldfarb. But um, it, it, it does taste amazing. Hey, what's the name of your book, Aaron? <laughs> Hacking Whiskey. Uh, it, it, it's a great beer. Him. It's a great beer. I don't know if it's the world's best Pilsner. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd put Tank Pilsner or Kell up there, but it's damn good, and it, it, it's probably the best European Pilsner we get in America. You guys, Kim? <laughs> Why do people like it? <laughs> like, um... It's just damn crushable. I could chug it when I'm, you know, like that was the first beer like that I usually go for after a long shift at work. I want to drink something really fast. I don't, I'm not really into the, uh, the hazy IPAs per se, the trend that's going on right now. I'm more into lagers. So I always like went towards the Pilsners and yeah. Rothhouse is always any, been there any other lagers that are crushable that you would recommend um, that you guys move or is, is this moving yeah, more uh, than anything? Any Suarez, you know, like, Obviously, I'm repping them always. Suarez family. Uh, Oxbow is a big, big mover for us. I'm good friends with them, so I always try to carry their Luplo on draft or cans. Right now, we have cans of it right now at the store. Um, trying to think. We always have Shalankala, the Hellas, and the Fest beer that just came out of cans. B United's doing a great job canning those. And, and do you yeah, have Three's so Vliet? Three's Vliet, yeah. We have the Innerborough, Bushburg, um, some Transmitter. They're making some killer Pilsners as well. Uh, what about for you, Josh? You really got into it. I mean, you made some uh, Rot House candles. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, I, I think, I think also, also the Rot House. You have to think like only came in. We could only get it a couple years ago. Um, I mean, which is you know, it's just exciting that something is new and it seems kind of exclusive even to the East Coast. Or you know, it seems like. W- like when you're on the beginning of being able to try something and you find something that's good that isn't widely known known about yet, it's just exciting. It's exciting for people to share that with other people and their friends and say, "Hey, I found this great pilsner that maybe you probably haven't had before." So yeah, and we look to guys like you, Brewery Lane, and, and Gold Star Beer Counter for arbiters of taste. You know, so I want to um to, to Tobias. Tobias. Yes. Tobias. Yes. So let's tell it more. So you you actually are you surprised that it's become so popular in the states? And tell us so the the backstory of you growing up in the Black Forest. Why this brand? Why this brand means so much to you? Well, I mean, it's it's so funny for me to see the the success in 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 New York or in Brooklyn, because and I'm happy about. It. Of course, I'm very proud. This is this is our home. It's like our hometown beer, sort of. I mean, it's a region, but it's a region made of small villages. So we kind of all feel a part of this region, and um, it's known for like you know quality craft. 
you know, they make cuckoo clocks and all that, all that good stuff. And so that's they make their beer the way that um, you know we make cuckoo clocks, like with a lot of passion, a lot of time, a lot of craft, and, and I think it shows. Um, but but for, for me, growing up, um, you know, you can you can start drinking beer when you're 16 in Germany. So as a teenager. Um, uh, this is the beer that you. This is your go-to beer. It's not particularly fancy. It's not particularly expensive. It's the beer that you can get at the gas station, you know, in the middle of the night if you want to have another six-pack. Um, so it was like the beer. So it wasn't anything fancy. So then, then kind of fast-forwarding. Now we're sitting here and we're talking about this beer. It's just, it just makes me really happy because it is a great beer and, um, you know, it's nice that this kind of old-school, old-school strategy gets rewarded. They take they take a lot of time to make their beer, which is expensive, right? I mean, it sits in the tanks forever, so uh, it's really nice to see that success for me. That's great, man. Thanks for putting the work in, Aaron. It must be surreal to him. I mean, but the thing is, he's calling this a gas station beer. There, I mean, imagine the fortune our gas station beers are. They look like they're from the 60s. Depends where you go, man. <laughs> Depends where they go. If I go to near Gold Star Beer Counter. <laughs> well, I mean, I, Josh doesn't pump gas in his car, but... Uh, you can walk up to the window, though. Yeah, yeah you can, right? Yeah. And Browie Lane's kind of a little, almost like a grocery store set up, so... I, I mean, I think yeah. another point about the beer is it, it's still so small, it's never mishandled. You're not going to go into a crappy bodega and there's dusty bottles of it. A- every place you have it, you're going to have it within, I presume, weeks, if not maybe a month from when it left the brewery. So you're never going to have a bad example of it and and get turned off to it the way you might get turned off to uh, Pilsner or Kell in America and then, you know, finally have it again in Prague and go like, oh, shit, this is actually really good. Um, so you're never going to have a, a so bad... Sca- scarcity thing. Yeah, you're never going to have a bad version of it. I, I presume maybe they'll get successful enough in Brooklyn or maybe not. He to be as can tell us better that they'll they'll start pumping it out to you know <laughs> the Barclay Center and whatnot. We can only dream, but uh, uh, for now it's only at good places, only handled well, and only fresh. Let's talk about why you wrote the article. I think it was a couple of months ago. One of our guests, I think Pete Langel from uh, KCBC, was on, or was Jesse from uh, Interborough. Interborough, yeah. He said, "Oh, I just got a call from Aaron. He was asking me about Rothouse Pills. What's the process of doing a story like that? Because you ended up, you know, you brought in a bunch of industry people, Kim and Josh and to- Tobias. Yeah, I mean, so you come up with a story idea um, as a freelancer. You sell it to your editor, and then you go, oh, shit, I got 10 days to talk to everyone. So you go, like, where did this start? So uh, who else did you talk to? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, um, Josh and I had, had geeked out over it before, so he was an easy interview. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that he thought Black Forest was who had started it, so... I sent the info at black. I sent no to, you know the info at blackforest.com, which you never know if anyone will ever answer. And luckily, he did. And I think we talked on the phone about an hour later, and that that was good. Now, now I was in pretty good shape. And then you just start, you know, kind of hearing, hey, do you know who 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 first started serving this? Do you know why it's so big? And you you always screw up a little and don't talk to someone you should have, but um. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that hard. You go to a bar that serves it, you go, okay, these people obviously care about it. Because it's not something that I think is being pushed super hard. I, I would presume places that serve it have, have tried to serve it. No, that's great. And Josh, 
Yeah. So the process of writing the story, you know, you, you've been interested in it for a while. It's a phenomenon, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, you know, what's really interesting about it, I don't see this with very many beers, but we have, we have like customers who know the batch num like the, the date of the batch that's coming out. And they're like, oh, but this, you know, like they, they'll see this week's date on it and they'll compare it to last week's date and they keep track of it. It's pretty, yeah. And they can, they can have that idea in their mind as like something that's flowing and they, they'll know which one tasted the best. It's, it's pretty amazing. That's pretty Tobias, you, you seem to know a lot about this, the importing of it, and you seem to work closely with, is it a, it's a state-owned brewery? Yeah. Um, well, we're actually, just for the record, we're actually not the importer. Um, we're just a restaurant who really, really, really wants it. Uh, <laughs> and then um, other people brought it in. So um, St. Killian is the importer. Um, they also bring in, you know, Kostritzer and Aventinos and other German beers. Um, so we, we're just a restaurant that buys it from, from Union. But we obviously connected directly with the brewery and we try to push them. And so it, it did come in. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it is, you know, it actually is, it's not an unfiltered beer. It's an unpasteurized beer. And it's the only unpasteurized German beer that's available here. And it's, I mean, they told me the cra- crazy stories that... Um, you know the 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 um, the FDA or the customs they consider this beer a biological weapon. I mean, it's classified as a biological <laughs> weapon because of the bacteria that are not you know cooked, and so they have to jump through all sorts of hoops in customs to actually get it in, and it has to come over and refrigerate the containers. The Germans are too clean. Yeah, definitely. If you look at the brewery, that is a that is a clean brewery. I mean, you can eat off the floor. It's amazing. And that's my thought was that ger- German everything about Germany is so clean and efficient. Uh, you wouldn't worry about it being uh, bacteria, bacteria contaminating. <laughs> yeah, no, they have pretty strict rules, and the importers they were like they got some serious headaches. Um, I don't know the details, but it, it is considered a biological weapon. That's that's the but it's com- that so it's coming like what Josh was saying. It's coming fresh. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming over in in refrigerated containers, and it's only available on the East Coast because it's not really it's not really it, there's no point in pushing it further west. I mean, that's what they told me. I don't know if they're change that but um as far as i know it's only available on the east coast but but i think tobias told me you you're tapping kegs that were brewed 10 days previous two weeks previous pretty fresh yeah no definitely definitely and even if you look at the um expiration there every every bottle has an expiration date and it's it's this is november actually you know what this is actually the german way this is 1104 but it's not november 4th it's actually april 11th okay because we put the day first and then the month so this is only good for another month, right? Okay. So I think they have a six-month expiration date. So from the time they make it, six months, and then it's no good anymore. It's pretty amazing. And uh, luckily, our producer's here, Justin Kennedy. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, By the what's way, up? It's, uh, it's your birthday, so happy birthday, uh, uh, Justin. It's, it's not today. Yesterday was. Well, <laughs> we told everyone it was today, right, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> 28. 28 years old, yeah. <laughs> Where's the cheers, guys? Come on. Cheers. 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 Happy guys. birthday. <laughs> uh, one thing there wanted- you go. Thank you, Matt. One thing I wanted to... Uh, We're a highly produced show, and we really work on those that's details, right. guys. Um, thanks, Matt. Uh, one thing I wanted to um, to say that Aaron didn't uh, mention, but the reason he had called Jesse uh, Ferguson from Interboro is that uh, other half in Interboro actually did a... It was a Hellas beer that they did together, a collaboration beer. And the name of it was like Interhalf or something Inter-half, like that. Yeah. But the label was a direct uh, ripoff of the... Of the Ride House label, so they call it an homage. A, an homage, okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's worth a Google image search. It's it was it's a funny too, label. Uh, yeah. 
two bearded Brooklyn guys that look like <laughs> the the lady in a, her dirndl. It's but you got to go, listen. Go to our definitely fun. go to uh, look uh, at at beer underscore sessions Instagram because there's a nice photo by uh, the beer trucker of the label if you don't know it. And um, quickly, what's this beer? Um, the second beer is in a nice gold star crowler. Oh, this Palatine. Oh, this is Suarez Palatine Pilsner oh. from our our friends up in Livingston. Um, yeah, I, I actually brought three Suarez beers with me today, and we're not supposed to crawl around, but I did it special for this occasion. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, but blow those my are, cover, uh-oh. Jimmy. <laughs> the, those are the you know if you have Suarez or or Rod House available, that would be the Pilsner face off. I think in Brooklyn. Well, that's going to be awesome. So we're, we're getting a great great show going here. We're talking about Pilsners. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We weren't gone for that long, but we're talking about Rothaus Pills. We're drinking a lot. And uh, Josh from Goldstar also brought in uh, a Suarez Family Brewery uh, Palatinite Pills. Palatine Pilsner from yeah. Suarez Family Brewery. So, Aaron, you're saying these are the, these are, these are the two, uh, your top pills. You've got Rothaus Pills and uh Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think if you're a Pilsner fan, you want to drink stuff that's local and fresh. Uh, and you know Suarez, along with maybe Threes and Folkspear, would be the kings of that where where we live. Uh, and Rothaus is the only one that can compete because we get it so quickly and so fresh. Uh, where I would never drink a, another, probably never drink another European Pilsner in uh, Brooklyn. Let's talk about styles. Let's let's mix this up a little bit. You know, the German style of pills is something that we all know about. Some of us know the history. But then in the late 1800s, Carlsberg uh, up in Scandinavia figured out yeast for lager, and that changed the whole world. And, and now we've got New World pills, like even the Suarez is, is a little hoppier than, than the German. Does anyone want to talk about the differences in styles between pills and lagers and, and, and where they're from? Because this German, or we can talk about why you like this German pill so much, Tobias, because you know it definitely tastes, uh, it's breadier, it, 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 it you know... What do you look for when you when you're if you didn't have if you didn't have Rodhouse pills? What would you actually be serving? Things like I mean, that. I, I know I, Josh wants to talk about styles too. I so. have uh, you know I'm I'm German and I basically like we're not known f- for being the most creative when it comes to making beer. We're just trying to do two or three styles and try to do them well since you know 500 years. Um, so. Even when I grew up, I didn't know anything else. I just knew Pilsner, and that was it. And when I came to the U.S. and and I was going to the Brooklyn Brewery, and this was in early 2000s, and, and I was like, this is so strange. Like, this tastes so strange. This hop, this kind of, what kind of hop is that? And then, <laughs> I mean, now I love it. Now I love a good IPA. Um, but, but you know, it's and, and we get lot of, lots of um, German visitors, and they, you know, when they drink, we do have IPAs um, as well, but um, they don't like it. It's not beer to they them. Get, no. Kim, what about you? Because you, you've, you've been in a lot of retail places. You must have a sense of, you know, American pills versus German pills, lagers. Yeah, also, I 
almost forgot to mention about the Tipo pills too before when we were talking about different kind of pilsners. That's a, another favorite of mine that comes from Be United and from also it- Italy, right? Yeah, yeah, Italian pilsner, also really good. Um, another brewery that makes similar to Tipo pills is Lupolo from Oxbow. Um, another Italian style pilsner, which they put on that festival Pills in Love in the summer, which is coming back this year again, July twentieth, which is just strictly pilsners, nothing else. No I'm going style. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds it's, amazing. Who wants to go to it's that? It's probably yeah. the best festival Justin's ever. Justin's going. <laughs> I went to the one last year in yeah. uh, Los Angeles. It was awesome. That Firestone Walker hosted. July twentieth this year. He wasn't paid. Right. In Portland, Maine. Is yeah. Maine? And Josh, Portland, what Maine. about for you for uh, oh, styles? Uh, Say it again, Jimmy. Well, there's. German pills, there's certain styles that the palate, these guys are accustomed to a certain style. We're having, you brought the Suarez, it's a little hoppier. Definitely. You want to uh, weigh in on any, any of that? Any sauce up? I mean, I mean, so yeah, a couple years ago, finding finding like a good expression of a Pilsner was not necessarily easy of a European style. I think we're, we're kind of like coming into terms with that here in the United States, but it's been a slow go. Um, and a super interesting one with people like like Suarez family who are actually devoting a lot of time and effort to it. So, um, but it's been a super ex- exciting time for sure. I mean, we always have our IPAs down packed, you know, and then we've ever like sweet stouts down packed. But this is a new thing for us loggers. You so. know, J- Justin, I think we, we've we haven't really done too many pill shows. A few years ago, we did one with Eric Asimov from the New York Times, talking about why there weren't lo- local pilsners in in baseball stadiums. But it's it's true that making a good pilsner it does take a little more effort, doesn't it? A little yeah, I more think it's time. a lot harder than making uh, you know the current hazy IPA or whatever. Um, there's you know I think one thing that a lot of people say is there's not a whole lot to hide behind, and I think that's completely true. There's if you have a flawed pilsner, you pretty much anyone can taste it. I had uh, I had one from Lagunitas last night oh, no. <laughs> that was uh, I, I should have known better. I bought it at my bodega, and it was. Obviously very skunky. It was old. They don't date code, so I don't know how old it was, but there was dust on the bottle. I, I shouldn't have bought it, but I did. Um, and it, it had a distinct... Not an invite to their next um, But yeah, there's... I think Victory with their Prima Pills has always been one of my favorite local Agreed. ones. yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, uh, Tipo Pills, Pivo Pills from Firestone Walker is a classic. Um, but I was curious, and I don't know if uh, Tobias or Aaron... Uh, know about the history of this brewery. It's not like one of the ancient German breweries. It's, I think, from, what, 1950s or so? Do you guys know no, much well, about, it, like, what I the... mean, he probably knows better than me. The beer, I think, is 1950. The brewery is, I think, 1781. It's not... Oh, okay. It's not Weistefan by any means, but, you know, compared to even Brooklyn Brewery, it's pretty old. No, and that's a good question. I want, actually, Tobias, tell us more about the culture of, of, of you know, the Black Forest, the Schwarzwald. The Schwarzwald, the Kirschtorte. Does anyone know what that means? It's the nope. Black Forest <laughs> cherry cake, which if you take I, 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 uh, high school German, you learn uh, that. But Listen, you guys, I mean, you have to come to our restaurant to have not only um, Rothaus on draft, but also the, the, the Schwarzwald, the Kirschtorte, the Black Forest cake. And Ayana, my wife, she, she used to make it as a kid, and we're using her recipe. So it's, it's the real deal. It's complete with, you know... Bottom layers of ch- uh, chocolate cake is is soaked with cherry brandy, which is also distilled in the Black Forest, um, the Kirschwasser. So yeah, I mean, um, the brewery is I think yes, is 1700s or 1800s. I'm not sure exactly. It's not like um, not from you know 1200. Um, it is a it is a state-owned brewery. It's uh, one of the few. There's Weinstefan is a state-owned brewery, um, and so is Rothaus. And I mean, it just means that they. 
Um, I mean, if you ask them, it doesn't mean anything, but I think it does mean that they have a little bit less, it's a little bit less free market, it's a little bit more relaxed, and like you cannot negotiate with these guys. Like when you want to, you know, negotiate, I mean, we're moving a lot of roadhouse, and so we were trying to negotiate, it's like zero response. This is the keg price, <laughs> this is it. If you don't like it, just get another pill. Yes, they're commissar. The price yes. is pretty high, right? It's pretty high. Um, I mean, it's understanding because it's com- it comes over um, in, the co- in the refrigerated containers. But, you know, with any other, like, importer, you, there's some so room let's in go, the So let's go back. To, we're back in Germany. We're in the Schwarzwald. What's the name of the town that you grew up in? And the I town that up, your wife I mean, grew up in? I grew up in Pfaffenweiler, which is, like, a, a village in the foothills of the Black Forest. It's 2,000 inhabitants, and it's, like, it's in the, in the middle of the, you know... Wine how old were you when you learned how to read? No, no that's, that's, that just happened when I came here. See? And what town is your wife from? Um, well, Sulzburg, which is kind of... I mean, many people in Germany don't know these, these towns. They're really tiny. So they're eight miles apart. We grew up. We never met each other until we actually moved to Brooklyn. And we even li- lived in the same neighborhood in Clinton Hill when we, when we met. And so it was this kind of crazy coincidence... And sure enough, we would always go to the German restaurants in the city. We'd go to some Schneider, Lorelei. We would, and we would always say, "Well, you know, this is Bavarian. This is from Cologne, but like, where's, where's the Black Forest? Like, why? Like, there's it's such a great cuisine. There's Black Forest cake. There's Rothaus, and there's other great things in this region. And so it wasn't represented at all in New York. So we figured, hey, let's let's make let's so make a uh, restaurant about the Schwarz. Are there are some other breweries in that region you know, tell us some of the breweries yeah there's one other one which like. is um which is called waldhaus so there's roadhouse and then just the next village over there's waldhaus have you guys heard of <laughs> no, heard, heard of this josh is gonna bring know. that one over <laughs> well the gold star special roadhaus is not gonna like that i don't know if they're listening but um <laughs> we are talking with waldhaus about um, bringing it in, but it's much, it's going to be much harder. Um, they're much smaller. Uh-huh. They're like privately owned. They're tiny. But they were over here, and we had a really good time. And they're just trying to get their act together. That will be great. They have an unfiltered pilsner that is amazing. Hmm. I was yeah. just going to say, how do you spell that? I want to look it up. Waldhaus. W A L D H A U S. Okay. All right. And and so there's there are breweries in every town here. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, the, the Black Forest is it's highlands, right? So there's great uh, water. There's great, great water. And um, so that there's a bunch. I mean, there's, I mean, it's not that the, every town. It's really the foothills are wine-growing regions, um, and the, the highlands is, is, is beer-making. There's one called Alpiersbach, which is a little further north. Roadhouse. There's one th- something called Regaler. Not Regale. Regaler. Um E-R. How do you spell that, Kim? Mm. Is this that R? Well, there's a, there's a, there's Regula from Augsburg. Which oh, I think different one, yeah. You guys, because uh, Ed used to import that the Regula, right. but not but the same one. Add an R to it, Regula. So Ed Raven from Raven Briar Brands. Lane, yeah. Ed Raven. He's got owns. something to do with your business. Yeah, he yeah. owns Briarland. He was the main importer for Gaffel, not anymore, but he still imports the Gaffel Kolsch. Yeah. yeah, and he imports Yerber Pilsner now into the states still. So he still has that, but Gaffel's no more. And he also has uh, Greenpoint Beer now, which is opening up again, I think, uh, June or July of this year. So they moved locations from North 15th to uh, the end of Manhattan Avenue, next to St. Vitus, if anybody likes to go to metal shows. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, Greenpoint Beer now is not closed, despite what you might see when you walk by, because it looks like it is closed, but (laughs) they're reopening. That's good. I mean, that's you. You're a part of a special team, then, you know. Yeah. But I know Ed Raven. Talk about German beers. I mean, 
that's how he, he was one of the first guys for uh, when Brooklyn Brewery ran the Craft Brewers Guild back in the early 90s. I don't know if anyone knew him. Ed Raven was, was one of the reps. Yeah. And uh, that's how I met him. He was going around. They had everything from Chimay to some, uh, some other German beers, Eingers, I think. And uh, the funny things back then, Rogue, <laughs> a few <Yeah>. other beers. <laughs> but um, that's great that you're part of that team. And um, but more about this German beer stuff. So like in Germany, let's talk. About, you guys obviously know about other German beers. Like to me, Bamberg is like the place yes. that cool people you know get their German beers. Um, and I remember you mentioned Zum Schneider. He, he used to have. He brought in a, his special exclusive beer was Andex, yeah. which is another town. Do you want to say anything about who wants to say anything about Bamberg or Andex or I other? have Andex here yeah, actually. Andex here. Yeah. Yeah. I love Andex. Yeah. Do you, tell us about Andex. Um, I'll say at, at Gold Star, we have Ondex Bergbach Hell, which is their Hellerbach on right now. Um, and it's generally you don't see that. That's We get that very limited. But we can always get uh, Volbeer Hell, which is their Hellas Lager. It's drinkable and easy. Um, I oftentimes tap. I, I tap Rothaus. Uh, for every two times I tap Rothaus, I tap Ondex Volbeer Hell once. So definitely. Frequently. Kim, do you have any uh, Bamberg beers or Andex? Um, not at the. I mean, we have Sri Lanka, two of the cans right now, and then we have uh, we have uh, Firkin coming up soon for the lead beer that just got released uh, on cask. But uh, I've been to Bamberg last year and it was amazing. I went to Speciale, Mars, uh, you know, Sri Lanka. I got a, a tour of Sri Lanka, which is. Pretty well, hard did to you get. go on your own or did you go with the Pink Boots Society? No, I went by myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you I just do no. it on your own. No, no. <laughs> Not roll. that I have anything, but like I did go by myself uh, with my boyfriend. Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> 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 but uh, I did go and it was awesome. I I can't wait to go back. But um, my dream country was going to Sri Lanka and I, was, I got a tour of it and got to see where everything was made. Get some beer from like the tanks with uh, Martin from Sri Lanka. He's one of the main importers. So... Wow. So you, how much time did it take you to put together that trip? And tell us again the, the places that the you trip? went. The um, trip? Yeah. Well, it started out in Berlin because my boyfriend plays in a show, uh, in a band. Sorry, not a show. He played a show in Berlin. So we just based it off that. So we went to Berlin. We went to, uh, his uncle lives in southern Germany. So we just, from there we went to Rothhaus, which is based off today's show. Um, amazing brewery. Huge. It's like an amazing uh, amusement park. It's literally the best place ever. They have lodging. <laughs> I'm going to stay there this year. I'll let everybody know how it is, but definitely do it once in a lifetime. Uh, and then after that, we went to uh, Bamberg and then to France, to Paris, and then Amsterdam. Wow. Yeah. So how come nobody told me about the, the Rothhouse Lodge? <laughs> Aaron, did you know about that? <laughs> I, I did. I, I've, I've Google imaged it many times and seen it's, the logo on the pillows, and I hear each room has a packed fraternity mini fridge yeah. of of uh Rodhaus pills it, it seems like a dream if you're allowed to travel tobias you're not selling this enough on us because <laughs> we, you want to make us listen, i want I, to go to your town man i grew up 40 minutes drive from this brewery i don't need to stay in the lodge that's, <laughs> that's why i don't know about the lodge it's yeah, relatives like, there. It's, yeah. like uh, it's a it's a little day trip for us to go to the brewery but you know um, your, your your uncle is still working there yes that's right he called me today that's right yeah that's right. <laughs> hi uncle of course uncle <laughs> I do know that if you if you scan the code on the back of the bottle, it sends you to a video 
of like a drone flying through the Black Forest. Josh was telling me this. Uh, and anybody should you, yeah, you should yeah, really yeah. go and yeah. do it. It's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great video. Um, actually, when we had the the tapping event, um, mm -hmm. where the the the, the CEO um, of the brewery came and tapped the first keg, we also had a filmmaker. Um, they brought a filmmaker. They brought a film about the Black Forest, and we had it on a big screen, and it, it was fantastic. And that a little clip from that film was that is actually what you see when you scan a GR code. And it's a little things like that. It's super nerdy and I think it fits with kind of the nerdiness of Brooklyn. That's I think also one of the reasons of the success. It's just a you know meeting of the minds, the nerd minds. <laughs> Black Forest. So uh, Tobias they they make a few other beers too, right? It's not just this one Pilsner. They make very little beers like most breweries. They just do like a couple of styles. They have a, a, a Weizen. Um, they have a Märzen which is absolutely amazing. I, th I mean, we had three kegs, uh, five 30-liter kegs last uh, Oktoberfest, and they sold them within hours. Um, and it's even more full-bodied than the pills. I absolutely loved it, and so did our guests. And then they make a non-alcoholic beer, which is really great, which I would love to get, but they don't want to bring it in. Are they only selling the pills in the States now? Yeah, just yeah, the pills. Okay. But, you know, we... we we had just had a meeting recently with the delegation, with the, with the sales um, manager, and I mean they they even make they make a whiskey, um, they make a roadhouse whiskey, which is amazing, and uh, I I want them to bring that in too. Um, so they're, they're warming up I'll to bring it. Back. Yeah, please, 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 yeah. please. Hey, Kim, you got excited when you mentioned a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, I mean, at Browery we get a lot of customers. Uh, I feel like in Greenpoint just in. In the recent years, there's been more and more babies happening. Not yes. that that's wrong. Sorry, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> you have kids. Well, we live on but the baby side of you Brooklyn. Guys, well, now, I feel like Greenpoint's been the baby side of Brooklyn now. It's like well, mer there are everywhere. There's five dads <laughs> in this room right now. <laughs> hey, I have a puppy. I'm a mom. <laughs> Counts. But um, we do have a lot of like pregnant women come into the store, and I try to accommodate to them. Non-alcoholic, like people have like dry January now, so I always try to have like a lot of non-alcoholic you know, choices. At the moment, we only, we used to carry like a McKellar non-alcoholic that came in for a bit, but at the moment we just have um, the Einbecker, which is the only one that I like. Yeah, that's the only that one I good. ever like yeah. too. Yeah. They but just started canning that they too. They started canning it, yeah. Which has been great. Yeah. Um, and it's been flying off the shelf. People yeah. like it better. I mean, everybody likes cans nowadays. I feel like they just like see it and they're like, oh. The Germans are the only ones who can do non-alcoholic. Yes. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I generously took my pregnant wife to Munich uh, for a vacation, <laughs> and uh, but what, what level constitutes non-alcoholic? Because you know certain bitters, certain bitters and things have like a little hint of alcohol. Yeah, like kombucha, I see, like now has like four percent, zero point four percent. I think if it's under like one, under I think one, if it's under yeah. one percent, it's not alcoholic. Uh, bitters, of course, can be sold in the yeah. supermarket to uh, children. <laughs> Underberg can now be sold anywhere too. Yeah, which we sell Underberg at the, at our store. Don't talk about that. <laughs> All right, let's. Not, not, I, Josh, I want you to ask to Tobias a question because this whole culture—you've got these crazy. You make candles with the raw house pills. I've, I've got well, one is it two? Wait, are you? Is it true? Josh is number two biggest seller in America. To him, I, you're never gonna take it. You're never gonna take him down. I all right. I I did. I did. I tried. I had a, a. I was trying to be the number one seller. Of Rothaus for a while, because I thought that if I was the number one seller, I could demand party kegs. You know those little, the little, the little kegs you put in your fridge and you put them and you can like they have the little spouts like they have it for Heineken and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I think that they would be just amazing to have on like as an option for people. And 
we never got. I've even talked to the importers, and they're like, Rothhouse is never going to do it. But um, I do have a question for you. Can you can you say the full name of Rothhouse Pills in correct pronunciation for us? <laughs> Uh, you mean the the Tannenzäpfle? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Rothaus Pilz Tannenzäpfle. So Rothaus is pills obviously pills. You know what pills is? Tannenzäpfle. You guys know what Tannenzäpfle means? I no, do, I think it means I little know. little fir cone. You see one of those guys? I mean that's that's the you know, the firs from the Black Forest. So you see them everywhere, and it means just little fir cone. It actually is. They have this is just a regular pills. Like a pine tree. All the Tannenzäpfle is is the small size of the beer. They make a, a half-liter bottle that doesn't exist in the U.S., but that's that's their pills. And this is the exact same beer, except it's a small bottle, and that's why they call it the little fur cone. Oh. It's a small bottle. I was, that was hurting and my an, research. An, another research. little piece of nerdiness is that these these fur cones they're actually growing they're actually growing um, like this. They're growing up, mm-hmm. but on the label they're facing down. So when you drink it like this, it actually is in the correct orientation. Huh. So okay. Kim, you're gonna hashtag that, right? Yeah. I was looking at uh, the party kegs. Sh- I was looking at the party kegs. I have photos from last year about the party kegs to show Josh because I went over there and I bought a party keg for me and my back? boyfriend. No, I don't <laughs> know why I bought one. I think I just bought it just. I mean, a party keg like it. a five liter. Yeah, and keg. we just drove around all of Europe with it, and then we got to Amsterdam and we're like, "Wait, what are we gonna do with this five liter Rothhouse party keg when we have a day here?" And we. Tried drinking half of it. And then Sounds like the Brew Dogs episode, driving around with a <laughs> yeah. keg. So, Josh, that's what you wanted was a little five liter party keg. I still want it. I'm not. No, that's, it's a, that, the the feeling of me wanting it has not left. Yeah, that's that's, that's Brooklyn table service. Right. Service. <laughs> totally. Just yeah. Get a. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna write an email in German to the brewery and see see what we can do. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you guys. Another short break's coming up. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Andrew Friedman, and I'm the host of Andrew Talks to Chefs here on HRN. Every week, I interview a diverse cross-section of the best and biggest names in professional cooking. Give a listen and get to know all about the inner lives of chefs. You can find Andrew Talks to Chefs wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. It's our 10th anniversary. Lots going on, heritageradionetwork.org. So we've got a special show. We're talking about Rothhouse Pills in the house. Aaron Goldfarb wrote a great article, The Cult of Rothhouse Pills, for uh, Punch Drink. So Dot you, com. you got yes. a question for us, right? Well, Jimmy, have you ever devoted any show to a single beer before besides We did an Orval show once. Oh, of course. Coming to the end. That's a good one. Uh, So I understand that it's not just Brooklyn. It's the quote-unquote Brooklyn of every place likes Rothaus, which the Brooklyn of uh, uh, Germany would be Berlin. And I understand Rothaus is also hot there. 
Yeah, I, it's been a while since I last been to Berlin, but um, my friends tell me that it is the you know it, it is the hipster beer in, in the clubs in in, in Berlin, um, and that's I mean I think it's the exact same phenomenon than it is here. It's just a cool product that um, doesn't try to be cool at all. It's just cool because it is. It's not trying too hard. And then here in the states, every, you know, Josh, you brought in more uh, Suarez Family Brewing Pilsner. What's the next beer that we're tasting? Uh, this is Suarez Family Homespun. Yeah, uh, I was trying to think of beers that were gonna go well with Rothaus, and I thought of Suarez would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. And what, what's Homespun? Is it also a Pils? Uh, Pale was spelt. Um, easy and drinkable. I think it's four point eight percent. It's just lovely. No, it's good. I mean, you, you're inspired. I, I, I'm really glad you're on the show because, you know, we always have the Good Beer Seal Awards for a lot of independent, locally owned bars. Browery Lane's had it for fears. And, uh, you know, you, you're a breath of fresh air, Josh, because you've got the, the kind of place that I want to go to. Thank, thank you very much. locally Jimmy. owned, and, and you really curate the beers, but also the experience. Thank you so um, much. Anything else you want to say about, about the, the program that you do with your beer? Sure. I mean, we have we have 16 rotating taps. And they switch really quick. Uh, I mean, we try to go, you know, we, the goal would be to, like, if you came in on a Monday this week, if you came in the next Monday, it would be all the way different. Uh, we do we do things to go, too. Um, we do, we have uh, drafts to go. We have bottles and cans to go as well. Um, uh, but really, it's it, it feels more like a bar when you walk into it, so... But you only put the Suarez and Crowlers because you were bringing it to the show. Suarez does not, not want. Yeah, so I I did this as a liberty no, of coming on the show today. We generally don't have Suarez available in in Crowlers, uh, and that's just because they prefer that we don't. But uh, it came directly from the bar to here right now, so I, yeah, definitely. I think like Rodhouse, they demand freshness and knowing other beers handled. So definitely, I think I think Suarez. I know those guys a little bit, and I think that they would be okay with us bringing it on the show. Oh yeah, definitely. And Kim, what about your? So you you're really like an amazing, you know, beer bar person, tourist, beer street, and then now Browery Lane. Just tell us a little bit about the philosophy of of what Browery Lane is, types of beers you guys handle. Uh, I mean. It's gone, it's had three managers so far, so I feel like every manager from the beginning will be 10 years this year. So in 2009, uh, 2009 when it first opened, Eric, you know, starting out then, it was like a lot of like small, like Victory was a big hit, like Brewery, uh, Rogue. I mean, we used to carry Hill Farms at all the time. Like, I mean, they, Eric at least, not me. <laughs> but uh, it was for me, I feel like the beginning, 2009, going to the Briar Lane was the, like a pinnacle point for me to craft beer. So to be there doing the beer buying now, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Cause I always want green points really taken off. And yeah, a lot. for sure. I mean, there's the diamond bar, like, which is not that far than tourist. And there's so many good, like beer, like, uh, sorry, restaurants too, that are opening up. It's just so many things going poly G's, the, the Brooklyn expo, the opening bashes is like a block away from Browery. So threes, threes. around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been, you know, popping as they say. <laughs> and, and Justin, you know, you're, you're a beer writer too. I mean, you've got some cool cool things that you get to cover. Uh, what's your take on the Rothaus pills? I don't know. I was, I was saying earlier that, you know, before we started recording that I don't remember the first time I saw it, um, but, you know, it really is a striking label. It's, it, it's so, it's so uncool <laughs> that it's cool, you know, and I think Tobias was saying this earlier that it's not trying to be anything that it's not it seems completely authentic and just uh you know kind of kind of awesome and 
almost dated in a in a, in a really interesting way. Um, yeah, I think it's the same label since 1975. Yeah, it looks like it is. Um, but it's you know it's anytime you see it, you're not you're not going to forget it. Um, and Josh kind of uh, talked about this earlier that you know it's it's something that you don't really I don't know I've you know I travel quite a bit for beer and I don't see this beer outside of New York City very often if ever so it seems like it's something that is our own little thing and then I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say he said that it's the like you only see it in East Coast or. You know, Mike Amity is actually trying to get into Las Vegas. So, so BBD BBD is in Las <laughs> yeah, Vegas. They're trying to get it. So, if any, if any Rothhouse people are listening, who uh, knows? They right? want to get into Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've probably researched where it is outside of Brooklyn more than anyone. It's it's really hardly even in Manhattan. Yeah, it's at like uh, the Ginger Man and maybe a few other places. It's at Monks in Philadelphia on occasion. Oh, Proletariat. No, you yeah. know why? Because the they refuse sure. to to cross the river. Into Manhattan. I know. It might spoil the beer. Well, it's like and, Suarez, too. And, they don't and, like going to the... As far as I know, it's in only one bar in L.A. Uh, because of our friend Luke Smucker. Uh, and I can't remember that bar's name. <laughs> but it's wow. there. Well, I want to ask, ask to ask a couple more questions. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Again, it's the cult of this beer. But to many of us, you know, other than if you took German in high school and you know what Schwarzwälder Kirstort is... We don't really know anything about the Black Forest region. Yeah, that's that's what we realized um, when we. I mean, you know, I've been here for almost twenty years, and whenever I say where I'm from, yeah, I don't even say the town because no one knows the town. But I say, well, I'm from the Black Forest region, and they're like, oh, okay. Uh, and then that's they are like, oh, this they is in New Jersey, right? And then they like, <laughs> and then you see that actually they don't know. And I realized, okay, um, so I have to explain. Um, and it's such a beautiful. It's not you know. It's not Bavaria. Everyone knows Bavaria. Everyone knows Lederhosen. Everyone knows Oktoberfest. Everyone knows the Bavarian beers. And I was kind of upset that no one knows about the Black Forest. And I think um, the amazing beers, the amazing food. You know, it's super close to France, so we have a huge kind of Alsatian influence in the food. And it's really that's that's why we started the restaurant. We wanted to bring that part um, of Germany to. What are to some Brooklyn. of the, the dishes that you guys serve? Um, well, we have, uh, you know, we have uh, uh, Flammkuchen, which is a um, tart flambe. It's from, it's from Alsace. It's like a flatbread. It's really delicious. We have Jägerschnitzels. We have... Um, is that a hunter cutlet? It's a hunter cutlet. It's a veal, it's a veal schnitzel. It's really great with a mushroom gravy. It's amazing. It's good stuff. Um, and we also, have, we also have like super unknown stuff that is just from our... It's like beer battered mushrooms, which is the, the, the dish that you eat on the vine festivals in the, in the foothills of the Black Forest during harvest seasons. And people say that's not German. It's like yes, it is. It's just you just don't know it. It's just not um, you know. It's just not dumplings and like Bavarian <laughs> fare. So um, that was really what we did, and and Rothaus just fits so perfectly. Let's talk about Oktoberfest. For me, Oktoberfest is kind of a non-happening in New York, but places like some Schneider, you know, with a real German, you know, uh, customer base, go crazy for it. Do Americans appreciate Oktoberfest? You know, and why should we? Because there's so many other things to do in the fall. Well, I was um, for the first time in Munich for Oktoberfest this past year, and I even grew up in Munich, um, and so I was. It was pretty intense. It is quite something. I mean, it's just such a massive. I mean, if you just look at the logistics of the massive amounts of beer that are being consumed, it's just mind-boggling. Um, and you know, for us, it's really always a good time. But when you grow up in Germany, Oktoberfest is. Is something super kind of old-fashioned and like stuffy, 
it's not what the what the cool kids in the Black Forest <laughs> want to like do. Um, and so when we started the German restaurant in in Brooklyn, we 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 you know obviously we had to do Oktoberfest, um, but we didn't want it to be this. We don't want to have an umpa band like a <laughs> traditional brass band. Um, so we actually we, we we started our own little Oktoberfest and we asked the Slavic Soul Party. Do you guys know Slavic Soul Party? Yeah. It's like a super amazing brass band from Brooklyn that um, our manager back then he just dug them up and they've they've been coming every year since and they, we do this super non traditional. Um, you know, Oktoberfest party, and it's it's not German music, but it's brass music, and we got our food, we got our beers, and it's always a good party. So we like, you know, when you grow up, like, I grew up in the 80s in Germany, you, you, I mean, we look, we, I, I skateboarded, you know, I was looking at, you know, all the American music, and so it's not like we're, like, wearing lederhosen back at home, so, <laughs> you know, and then coming here, you're being confronted with, you know, the image of Germany that Americans have, and it's just a little different so I think that's kind of an interesting experience for me and we're trying to be we're trying to just make um, maybe a little bit more modern version of a German restaurant than what you would what you're, maybe you're the ambassador man you gotta teach me I'll <laughs> try so, and Josh what about you For uh, does Oktoberfest mean anything to you I mean do you do you I carry mean, any any of those seasonal beers do people I, actually buy them at Gold Star we always I mean there's a couple classes, classics that come through the doors and I think that we kind of Tend to when October or September comes around, I should say, we start having. Uh, I usually dedicate like two to three lines at a time to German beers for a couple weeks. Um, we don't have a big party or anything, but I always like make a point to like present those beers. For sure. One trend that I liked over the years: uh, some small importers bring in these little gravity-filled uh, Franconia casks. I don't know if you, you've got, you get those, Josh. Yeah, we say, haven't, but I know you have Kim, right? Yeah. We, we have a... Sorry. Sheldon, we know it's Sheldon Brothers. Yeah, Sheldon usually brings them in. And we usually have Noah a, and a few others. Yeah. Um, there's a like five different ones they usually bring over. And sometimes there's more than, than others, though. But uh, yeah, we usually have a, an Oktoberfest that's been going on since the beginning of the store has been open. So I've been trying to keep the tradition going. You and tap the gravity cast. Yeah, gravity. There's a wooden gravity keg. There's the, the little small firkins. And there's, you know... I think I put like 10 different kind of German beers, also German-American too, just try to mix it up a bit. Yeah, because when, when, yeah. when I think of beer that way, like these fresh-filled gravity, gravity casts, then it means something. It's like, it's like the fall. There's, there's some significance to it. Justin, were you going to say something? about? I was just going to say one of my favorite uh, Oktoberfests in Brooklyn is at Spine Dival, and they have a lot of those beers in, in the backyard, and it's just like a really cool, cool event that's... You know, it's it's a little obscure, obscure and geeky, but it's it's my. So it doesn't necessarily have to yeah. be. I used to, I used to sell, look for fresh uh, hot beers as well. So it's more of a seasonal celebration. It doesn't necessarily have to be Oktoberfest style beers. Aaron, have you done a story about Gravity Cast or? <laughs> I have not. Uh, why there's no Oktoberfest <laughs> in Brooklyn except that? No, Black I mean Ford. you know, as a good progressive Brooklynite, you're always concerned that uh, Oktoberfest is becoming a little like. Cinco de Mayo or uh, St. Patrick's Day and you're being offensive, but I agree with Justin. The Spite and Devil one is uh, delicious and there's no one dancing around uh, trying to uh, embarrass German culture, so it's a good one. That's good. I don't know. Let's wrap the show up, but there's got to be one more question. I got one more comment that uh, Kim said earlier. And she referred to uh, a certain beer as an Italian style pilsner, and I just I just love the fact that there are now Italian style pilsners. And there's even there's a brewery out in Oregon, Tipo Pills, right? Called, uh, yeah, Tipo Pills, and that's kind of um, 
but there's a brewery on uh, Oregon, Portland called uh, Wayfinder, and they make an Italian style pilsner, <laughs> and uh, I just love that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to comment on that. Josh, about the Italian style Anything. pilsner, you got something to say because we. <laughs> Uh, I also love the Lupolo as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, Oxpo, yeah, Oxpo, Oxpo is that when they came out with Lupolo, I was like, finally we can have this kind of like hoppy expression. Of so Lu- so Oxpo yeah. kind of took the Tipo pills and, and made an, a, a main version. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. I also brought a bottle of their Punchbrook, which is uh, Tim and his wife's uh, wedding beer, which is a raspberry lager. Let's pop that. Sure. So Oxbow <laughs> upon. So and it's not cool. tell us your connection with Oxbow because uh, I love those guys. We love them from Maine. Uh, you mentioned them a couple friends. times. Yeah, I mean, they're just rad people, and I love what I have water. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love what they're doing. You know, they're not doing what many breweries are doing nowadays. You know, they're going like the same thing as far as they're keeping traditional. Like they're doing pilsners, crispy little beers, and then Oxbow's just doing their own style too, like farmhouses, sours, doing a lot of beers that's like self-sustainable, you know. They make everything in Newcastle, which is using their own well water uh, well water and their own, like, for example, the Catalyst is their own honey beer, so they use their own bees. I'm just, they're friends of mine. They do make, they make good beer, and I love them, and Maine's awesome. So. And as like a, a, a real dedicated kind of beer bar manager, do you travel a lot? I mean, you went to, you went to Germany. Yeah, I do travel do you go, a lot. Have you been up to Maine a lot? I do go to, I'm actually going next weekend to Maine for Orvalde. I'm having my own Orvalde at the store, but I'm going to be going up there just because I missed it last year and I yeah. wanted to go where, to see Where are you going in Maine? To Novarabes, to our, my friend Shaheen's bar, yeah. So I'm just going to go spend it with the guys up there and I usually hang out with the Oxbow crew. And But yes, I do travel a lot. Um, I used to live in Denmark too. After I left Torst, I lived in Denmark for four months and I worked at a bar over there. So Which bar did you work at? Uh, from in Torn in... Uh, in Vesterbro, not not in McCullough Bar, not that they're bar the bad, but I thought you worked uh, at Fishkin. What's that? No? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, what are you talking about? Fermentorin. <laughs> we'll edit that out and post. I'm like, what's Fishkin though? Yeah. <laughs> but I worked at Fermentorin. I also um, I've used to help out Omnipol a lot. They're good friends of mine too. So I, when they first did the first McCuller Beer Festival, I was one of their uh, helpers at the festival, and they're also been around for a while. So. Great. Yeah. This has been a Just great show, everybody. <laughs> Tobias, uh, tell us your name one more time. I always get the pronunciations wrong. Tobias. And your full name. Like two beers. Two beers and what? <laughs> what's your last name? Holler. H-O-L-L-E-R. And you're Black Forest? Black Forest, Brooklyn. We have two locations. Are you happy with the show? Yeah, it's <laughs> so much fun. It's already over. I want to talk more about Roadhouse. Tell us what last, last thing about Roadhouse. Well, I, think, I think what up. I want to tell you is like, so 2014, we're getting ready for this big um, keg tapping of the first it was also a gravity keg, um, first keg ever tapped by you know the boss of the brewery comes. So we we advertise it big time on social media, and then so it's a Friday night, and it's supposed to start at eight. At five o'clock, this guy shows up uh, with big eyes, with a washed out like Roadhouse T-shirt from the eighties, <laughs> American American guy, and he's like, you know, I heard you guys are selling ro- uh, pouring Roadhouse tonight, and, and, and he's like, yeah, where you come from? He's like, yeah, I just drove six hours from Pennsylvania, and <laughs> I'm, I'm ready, you know, I was at the brewery like in the 80s, and I just, I'm so glad it's okay. finally coming to the United States, and he was sitting first row, he got the first taste, um, I think his name is Michael, maybe he's listening, because he's been following us on social media, so um, shout out to like the diehard 
Jeez. Roadhouse fans in the U.S. Who That's great, man. That shirt. All right, so let's yeah. go around the room. Everyone say their name one more time, and we're going to wrap this up. I'm Joshua Van Horn from uh, Gold Star Beer Counter in Prospect Heights. Kim Mercado from Briar Lane in Greenpoint. Uh, Justin Kennedy from Beer Sessions. And That's still right. this beer. <laughs> Let me shout out my other podcast. Tobias Holler from Black Forest Brooklyn Restaurant. Aaron Goldfarb, author of Hacking Whiskey. And, thank uh, God you finally have a book, Aaron. All right. Oh, thank you. I, I have eight books, Jimmy. Big shout out to everybody. Uh, producer Justin Kennedy. Thanks for, thanks for getting the show together, Justin. Engineer Matt Patterson. Our, our uh, intern and assistant producer, Dylan Hoyer. And I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host. Thanks for joining us here on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.